Summer League is officially over. There's no more NBA basketball until October. What are we going to do? And what's left to look forward to this offseason that we'll cover in depth on this podcast? Plus our final Summer League notes. It's time for another edition of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed locked on magic. Today is July 18th, 2023. My name is Philip Ross Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at Orlando Magic Daily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Philip RR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, Summer League is officially over. The Summer League Championship trophy has been handed out. So what's left this offseason? We'll mark your calendars, get you get you ready. Uh, for the next two months of the NBA desert coming up here in just a moment. Plus, we'll go through our final Summer League notes. We talked about the rookies yesterday. We'll chat about the two-way contracts and some other things I'm thinking about after Summer League. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, we want to thank you again for making Locked On Magic part of your day every day, no matter when you listen to us, whether it's first in the morning, whether it's right when we upload. upload. We truly appreciate you making Locked On Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a great Locked On podcast covering every single team in the NBA just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for, the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. So, the NBA offseason is a sprint. Um, they say the NBA regular season is a, is, is a marathon, not a sprint. Steve Clifford would say it is a marathon that you sprint. Um, but the NBA offseason is truly a sprint. The NBA championship is handed out, and within a week we get... The draft, a week after that, we get free agency. A week after that, we're in summer league. And then it's all done. It's all over. Um, Really, the only issues left in the NBA right now is Damian Lillard's trade request and James Harden's trade request. And right now, it doesn't look like either of them are going anywhere um, with the offers that are on the table and, and just the urgency to get things done. Most roster spots are filled. There's still some two-way contracts getting handed out. There's still a few restricted free agents out there. Uh, that need to that need to resign and need to figure out what they're going to end up doing, but for the most part, everything is done. The NBA can kind of go on vacation. Um, that's what the end of summer league really means. It means that we are officially on vacation for a lot of a lot of things. Now we're still going five days a week through the end of July. We'll move to three days a week in August. I'm actually taking a, a, a weekend vacation uh, in August as well. So we're gonna. You know, we we go through our we go through our paces and we take our time to decompress, relax, and get through things. But of course, basketball doesn't sleep, um, and we're still going to be here covering Orlando Magic content and talking about the Orlando Magic and getting you ready for the regular season. We'll talk also about the uh, we're also going to talk about the 35th anniversary season as well coming up uh, in August. We got a lot planned. Don't worry, whether you're you're following on OrlandoMagicDaily.com, whether you're only listening to this podcast, whether you're subscribing to my Patreon page, Orlando Magic Hub. Um, again, uh, the link to that is on my uh, is in uh, in my bio on Twitter. Um, we will have Magic coverage. Do not worry. There'll be plenty to talk about and plenty to do. And there still is plenty to do. And so what I want to spend this podcast doing is just 
kind of laying the roadmap to get us to October 3rd. Or, or let me let me double check that day. I actually did write down the day, uh, but I don't have it committed to memory yet. No, I'm sorry. October 3rd is the opening of training camp. Let's put the roadmap out to October 2nd, which is when the Orlando Magic will conduct media day and will be officially in the 2024 season. Right now is Pro-Am season. Uh, the crossover started last week in Seattle. Uh, we are expecting Paolo Bencaro to make an appearance at the crossover this weekend um, for its second weekend. Um, we'll explain why he may not do much more beyond that. Um, Jalen Suggs, if, if you follow on Magic Twitter, uh, did a quick Pro-Am, uh, Pro-Am in, in Minneapolis uh, over the week, either over the weekend or Monday night. Um, his dunks look very, very awesome. He looks very, very healthy. Glad he's having a healthy offseason. Um, Irene, uh, Irene Rainey, who's a, a basketball trainer here in Orlando, uh, does a private uh, open gym for pro, for pro players. Um, that happened over the weekend. Uh, you probably saw that photo of Nikola Vucevic, uh, Terrence Ross, and Mario Zonia, all Magic legends. Um, they got together. They're playing in that. They're playing in, in those open runs. Jason Williams usually pops into those runs. So so. Did Chandler Parsons? I don't think he can play anymore after his motorcycle accident. After the not motorcycle accident, after the car accident he was in, um, Jason Williams probably pops into those. Cole Anthony popped into those. Some some video. Uh, he posted some video from from he, from him participating in those runs. So I'm sure there are several Magic players, you know, that are playing in those. Everyone's getting their work in. Everyone's getting some run in. Everyone's you know kind of doing their own thing right now, and and that's all well and good. Uh, when these highlight mixtapes come out, Summer League is more trustworthy than what we're seeing in some of these mixtapes, to be perfectly honest, because these are all very highly edited. And, you know, the defense in these Pro-Am games is, uh, let's just say they make the all-star defense look pretty good. Um, so it's fun to see guys play. Um, but obviously, we still have one big main event coming this offseason. And the Orlando Magic are going to be front and center. We're going to have a lot of late nights uh, coming up. And in fact, I'm going to go ahead and warn you, uh, when we get to late August, I'm probably going to be doing a lot of 12 p.m. shows. Um, so just start booking your calendars now. Uh, late August, early September, none of this 7 a.m. posting stuff. You're going to be seeing a lot of 12, 12.30, 1 p.m. posting um, of, of shows so we can make sure that we get all the, all the World Cup coverage in. Because this summer is the FIBA World Cup taking place in Japan, the Philippines, as well as Indonesia. Uh, the U.S. will be based in Manila. All their games are in Manila, if I'm not mistaken. So they're not going anywhere. Everyone else has to move around because it's the U.S. and everyone kowtows to them because it's FIBA and FIBA's weird. But um, but it's going to be a really, really fun tournament. Orlando's going to have a lot of guys participating. So throughout August, you know, uh, Germany plays their first exhibition game August 5th. Uh, Team USA plays its first exhibition game against Puerto Rico on August 7th in Las Vegas. So throughout August, we're going to have a lot to talk about when it comes to actual real basketball. The FIBA World Cup takes place uh, officially. Let me just make sure I get the dates right here. Uh, the FIBA World Cup takes place officially uh, from August 25th through September 10th. The Orlando Magic will have five players participating in the FIBA World Cup. Paolo Bancuro with Team USA, Franz and Mo Wagner with Team Germany, Goga Batadze with uh, with Georgia, with the Republic of Georgia, making their FIBA World Cup debut, and then Joe Ingles with Australia. I would venture to guess there are no other teams that are going to have that many players participating in the World Cup, and there's varying philosophies on whether 
this is ultimately good for play, good or bad for players. Um, there's obviously the risk of injury. They're playing high-level games. But a lot of people do believe, a lot of coaches do believe, players come into the season, they have to be managed a little bit. So I think, you know, having the stability and having the continuity is going to help a lot of these guys uh, when it comes to training camp because the Magic are probably going to have to scale back some of these guys uh, or throughout training camp and early on in the season. But they're going to come to camp in shape. They're going to be come, coming to camp at their peak. And we saw this with Evan Fournier. We saw this with Franz Wagner last year. These guys come ready to play and they're ready to hit the ground running immediately. Um, and so provided that they're healthy, that's always the, the big if uh, in all this and the big risk ultimately with all of this, provided that they're healthy, the Magic are going to have two starters and really three or four, three or four rotation players who are already in like peak form already, you know, dialed to 11, ready to go. And especially considering we have the in-season tournament with a favorable draw uh, and a Magic team that wants to avoid that 5-20 and 20 start once again. Is, is I think there's going to be a big focus on getting off to a good start when we get to the regular season this year. There's going to be a lot of guys that are ready to play right from the get-go and ready to really just hit the ground running and get going. Um, again, everyone has different philosophies on this. I'm always happy when guys do are, are able to represent their country. Um, I think it's ultimately a good thing. I, I wish the NBA would make the FIBA World Cup the bigger deal and turn the Olympics into the U23 tournament. Um, you know, that way, you know, again, I, I think the, the NBA can control FIBA a little bit more than they can the, the, the Olympics a little bit. Um, this is also a bigger tournament because you can get, you get 32 teams in instead of 16. Uh, but overall, it, we're going to be covering the World Cup very heavily. Like that's, that's going to be a big part of our coverage and a big part of our discussions in August. Um, and so I'm really excited for the World Cup. I'm really excited to see what these guys can do. Uh, I'm really excited to see Paolo on Team USA. I suspect he's going to come off the bench, but I do think there's the outside chance that he could earn that starting spot if he's taken uh, some very serious steps forward uh, in his development. The last bit of the last bit on the calendar then, uh, and we'll talk about this more as we get a little bit closer to it. Um, but at some point in mid-August, early to mid-August, we're going to get the schedule. We'll learn when the Magic are playing their in-season tournament games, which I'm a big believer in, so I'm going to highlight those. We'll learn if the Magic do get some national television love. But at the end of the day, we are on the countdown to October 2nd. October 2nd is at least what, what is tentatively listed as media day for the Orlando Magic with training camp opening October 3rd. So, you know, we will have a month, September 10th through October 2nd, where nothing's going on. Um, we'll have whispers of what's going on at, at Magic Minicamp and uh, Magic Minicamps and, Ma and the Magic runs that are going in, going on inside the training center. Um, typically, players come back to their home markets around Labor Day. Uh, so, you know, Paolo, Franz, Joe Ingles, Goga Batadze, Mo Wagner, they'll all be coming in a little bit late to that. Um, you know, we'll see if they end up, if the team ends up going back to the Chuck um, or not. Um, you know, I don't know, I don't know if that's that's on the on the docket either. Uh, but overall, um, that's our calendar for the rest of the year. We're gonna have a, we're gonna have a fairly busy August. It's gonna be busier than usual August because of the World Cup. September is gonna come around, and by then we'll start gearing up and, and talking a little bit about the season to come, doing player uh, player profiles and, and player outlooks, getting ready for the season. So obviously, obviously there's a there's a lot still to happen, and and there's a lot that's gonna be going on. The NBA is going quiet, though. This is the time when all the executives take their vacations and and everyone kind of 
exhales a little bit from the long road of the season, get themselves ready for next season. But um, we will still have plenty to talk about here on the show. So let's talk about what we can then uh, and wrap up what we have from Summer League. We're going to chat a little bit about the two-way contract situation, why one player showed that he is better than any two-way contract the Magic can give him, and why the Magic still have a big hole to fill, plus perhaps some tactical things that went that went wrong uh, that could be a problem when we get to the regular season. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. But first, it's time for a quick word from our friends over at Prize Picks. Baseball is back in action after their all-star break. Uh, Our Tampa Bay Rays are uh, struggling a little bit uh, coming out of the all-star break with the Baltimore Orioles chasing them down. I apologize that my Marlins were not able to help them out, Tampa Bay. But if you want to get in on the action too and get into the stretch run of the MLB season, prize picks is the game for you. Unlike those other daily fantasy games, there's no confusing scoring system. There's no competing against the Sharks and just hoping beyond hope that you have that one unique lineup that's going to just get you your money back. I played those other daily fantasy games. That's literally all I was hoping for every single day. And guess what? That's how you lose. Price picks is completely different because it's just you versus the numbers. All you do is pick two to six players. And if they go on to score more or less in their price picks projections, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. If you're watching the Rays game on Wednesday, on Tuesday, and you think Randy Rosarena is going to hit a home run, you say he will hit more than a half a home run. If you think, I don't know if Shane McClanahan's pitching, but let's say if you think Shane McClanahan is going to strike out eight and a half, you say he's going to strike out more than eight and a half. It's that simple. Price Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including the NBA, MLB, NFL when it comes up, PGA with the Open Championship this weekend, WNBA, soccer, and so much more. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. They offer safe and fast withdrawals. They're currently operational in more than 30 states, including here in Florida, as well as in Canada. Download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports today. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget to enter promo code Locked On and sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. $100. Before we get back into Summer League and, and recapping a little bit of Summer League, I'm happy to announce and I'm very excited to try this out. We're going to see if I have any technical difficulties on my end, but We're going to do a live show on Wednesday. So Wednesday at 5 p.m. In fact, all the shows the rest of this week are going to be very guest-driven. We're going to have guests on the show tomorrow. I'm very excited about that. I'll I'll tease that later on. Um, But Wednesday, we're going to do a live show at 5 p.m. That could could end up being our show. uh, It could end... It'll it'll be the podcast for Wednesday, Thursday, probably, and then if I have to split up the other one, it'll be Tuesday, Tuesday, Friday. It'll be very confusing. But um, Wednesday at five PM, we're going to do a live show that'll be on the Locked On Magic YouTube page. I'll keep tabs on the comments, so bring bring your bring your best Magic questions. If you want to join the show, though, if you want to join the show, show though, you got to become a Patreon subscriber. I'm going to post the link to the Streamyard in the in the page on the Patreon page allow you to come join the show in person and and give me your magic questions. So you can obviously still leave them in the comments, but I'm going to prefer uh, people who uh, who have paid for the privilege, so to speak. You can check out the great stuff that I have on my Patreon page as well. It's titled Orlando Magic Hub. There's a link 
in my bio on Twitter at Philip R underscore OMD. There it is. Um, Check it out today. I'm, I'm planning a lot of great content. I have a free video up right now, breaking down Paolo Bancaro's improvements as a passer and decision maker. I'm going to do a lot of videos like that throughout the course of the year. And obviously it's kind of a dead point of the season now, but I'm still going to be pumping out content um, in addition to what I do for free at Orlando Magic Daily, as well as on Locked on Magic. Check it out today. Uh, I've, I believe you can find it by searching for Orlando Magic Hub. If not, it might still be under Orlando Magic Daily Plus, um, but you can also find a link to the page uh, to to drop your questions in there uh, and join the show, join the show visually. You'll always, you'll, you'll be able to comment as comment on it as well. Don't do not worry about that. I will, I will read comments as well, but we'll do a live mailback show Wednesday at 5 PM. That's on the locked on magic YouTube page, as well as on my Patreon page too. For now though, let's take a deep breath. Let's dive back into summer league um, because there's still a few things I want to put to bed about summer league. And obviously, I think there are two, I think, primary goals that a lot of us had when we got to when we got to summer league this year. The first goal was let's see how the rookies look. The Magic had two first round picks in Anthony Black and Jet Howard. We needed to see how they looked. We needed to see how they played. We needed to see if they could hold their own on NBA court. Uh, and, and honestly, as much as the second goal that I'm going to talk about for the majority of this segment is important, that first goal is really all that matters. Anthony Black looked like he could hold his own. Jed Howard looked like he could hold his own. The stats, the stats are the stats. They were fine statistically, not anything to write home about, not anything special. But if you watched them play, they looked fine. They looked like they could hold their own. That's all we needed to see. They'll do something on an NBA floor their rookie year. Now, you know, whether how much that will expand or how good that will be, we will find out in October. Uh, but for now, for now, they did what they need to do. And, and at the end of the day, like that's a success. That makes a successful summer league to me. You can go back on tomorrow from yesterday's episode and hear what I had to say about their summer league run. I'm gonna put that to bed. The second, um, the second task that the Magic had in summer league this year was to try and see if they could fill those last two-way spots. Um, the, the NBA expanded to three two-way slots. Kevon Harris is on the second year of his two-way con- of his two two-year two-year two-way contract. Um, so the Magic had two more spots to fill after they cut Jay Scrub uh, in the offseason. Jay Scrub ended up signing a two-way contract with the Boston Celtics. So I don't, I don't know what that bet was or what that decision decision was, but they they have it. Um, so the Magic still have two roster spots open to fill, and, and obviously they are two-way spots, so they're. A little bit different, and 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 you have to find the right th- right guy. I think the Magic genuinely wanted to see players on their summer league roster step up and, and fill those spots. Um, Robert Baker was on the Lakeland Magic last year. I think he's a player that the Magic really really liked, and 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 he did some good things at Lakeland. They wanted to see how much he had progressed and whether he could step into that spot. Now, obviously, GJ Wilson got a lot of the starts at center, but Baker played a lot of minutes, and he had some good moments. Um, he was a solid rebounder. Um, you know, he was, he, he, he was a solid rebounder, you know, was able to hit a little bit from the outside. But like I said, uh, in episodes uh, in earlier episodes, so many guys on this summer league roster just had pieces of interesting things, but it never really came together completely, especially once Anthony black and, and jet Howard left the lineup. Um, Robert Baker was a solid rebounder. Blocked some shots, but lot not didn't have a lot of touch around the basket. 
Got out-muscled occasionally on contested boards. He didn't scream two-way player to me. Neither did Dexter Dennis, who I think would be the other player that, that would be in line, nor Audis Tony, nor really Tiger Campbell. T- Tiger Campbell, I think, was really impressive throughout the week, but his size is going to make it really hard for him. And I hate saying that because you know we shouldn't solely judge people based on that, but this is a physical game and and your physicality matters. Um, so I would I would put it this way. When you look at a guy like Jordan Walsh or J.D. Davison from the Celtics on Saturday, you could tell those guys are NBA players. When you watch Kevon Harris play against the Detroit Pistons uh, in that opening game, you could tell that he is more than a two-way player. Um, Kevon Harris, the 21 points that he scored in that first game, the efficiency, the defense that he played with, that dude needs to be on an NBA roster. Um, I kind of don't want him on the mat. I mean, I like him on the Magic. I love him as a player. I want that dude to get a full roster spot. He, he He's going to struggle to find the opportunity that he needs on this Magic team, uh, to be perfectly frank. Um, the Magic are going to be loaded at guard. They're not going to have as much time to play him as they did last year. That dude is an NBA player. Um, we saw it last year with the minutes that he got. He looked really good. Summer League, he did not need Summer League. And that's why he pulled him after one game. Because he didn't need it. He did. He showed what he needed to show and he got out. That's what pros are supposed to do. That's what experienced veterans are supposed to do. And when you look at this Magic roster, and you can look at all the Summer League rosters, even guys who played four or five games this week, there are guys that stood out and you're like, okay, that guy's a two-way guy. That guy's a, a, an NBA-level player. We didn't really see that from the Magic this, this week. And, 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 that, and again, it's not the primary goal. This is a secondary goal. Um, you can go out and sign two-way guys from other teams' rosters. Magic did that with Kevon Harris last year. You would like it to be one of your guys, a guy that's been in your system, that's been with Lakeland. You want that kind of natural progression up the ladder. And, and I, I would agree, and I, I, my criticism of the Magic's uh, use of the G League is that it doesn't always feel like there is this natural progression. That the guys that they bring into to Lakeland, now Osceola, naturally progress to the two-way contract, to the roster, to, to whatever, to, to make it a true minor league system. And, and maybe the G League isn't a true minor league system. But I look at the players on this Magic roster and nobody popped to be a two-way guy. And I think that's ultimately part of the problem. Um, and, and part of now, now how did the Magic solve this? Um, I think the Magic made a, a little bit of an error um, on this because... You know, I think the Magic should be strategic with this two-way contract, with these two-way contracts. They got to look at where are the weaknesses in our roster? Who are the guys, where are the positions? What are the types of players that we're going to need to fill in? Um, you know, you look at last year, Kevon Harris had to play a lot because they needed guards. Um, you want to be able to kind of have that rainy day, that, that, that break glass in case of emergency type guy. You know, I look at this roster. Yes, Paolo Bencaro and Franz Wagner are, are both power forwards or both can play the four. Joe Ingles can play a little bit of four. I think the Magic used the Summer League to try Caleb Houston a little bit at the four. I think that was intentional, and I'll get to that in the next segment here. Um, but uh, but um, the Magic are kind of weak at that four spot. You know, yeah, Mo Wagner can slide in there. So, you know, they got ways to cover it. This is a deep team. You know, the hope is after the last few years where the Magic had to exhaust their two-way guys and play them almost to their limits, 
the hope is this year the Magic don't need to rely on these two-way guys. That, that that this is that this is all just moot and 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 not important. That they're like most good teams, their two-way guys don't really see the floor at all, or, or aren't needed to see the floor. Like if they have an injury to one guy, they got guys to cover. But I would say the power forward position is the weakest, and I didn't think the Magic did a good job filling out their roster to to see what that looks like. And that's kind of the last takeaway I have about Summer League, to be perfectly honest, is what what did we see from the Magic in Summer League that might be concerning for the regular season roster? I'm going to explain. It's not about wins and losses. I'm going to explain what kind of concerned me about what we saw and what maybe the Magic were trying to do. We'll get to that coming up here in just a moment. Before we dive into the end of the show, I want to thank you again for making Lockdown Magic part of your day every day. Remember, there's a lot of great content out there that I'm providing on OrlandoMagicDaily.com as well as here on Lockdown Magic. Be sure also to check out my new Patreon page as well, Orlando Magic Hub. I'm still working out what kind of content I'm going to put out, put up there, uh, but check it out. The link is at, on my Twitter in my Twitter bio, bio at philiprr underscore omd. I have a great video up right now. Um, it's pinned at the very top. It is free to, to just kind of see what I, what the kind of content that I'm thinking of providing on this on this site. And of course, we'll get it really cranking uh, as we get into the season uh, with with extra notes and, and extra extra stories that 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 I, that I have that I don't have that I don't believe are long enough to post do a full post on on the website. Even doing some like early posts where I post kind of the germ of the idea before I expand it out um, and, and give it a different twist uh, for for the site. So. Lots of good stuff. Lots of good stuff on there already. Even in this dead point of the season, it's going to be a valuable resource. Check it out today. Uh, it's Orlando Magic Hub. You can find the link to it. Link to the Patreon page on in my Twitter bio at Philip R underscore MD. And don't forget Wednesday at 5 p.m. We'll be doing our live show, live mailbag show to wrap up the 2023 season. Look ahead to 2024 uh, on Wednesday at 5 p.m. That'll be on the Locked On Magic YouTube page if you want to watch the show. But like I said. Um, this summer league doesn't matter. Like, 0-5, don't care. I, I don't care if the Magic, you know, I, when I like to win games, yeah, of course. But summer league doesn't matter, except in the ways that it does. It's like wrestling. In wrestling, I, I, I took my cousins one time to their first wrestling show, and they asked me what the rules were, and I said, well, the rules don't matter unless they do. <laughs> and that's kind of what summer league is. Summer League doesn't matter unless it does. And, you know, one thing that I was kind of curious about is this Magic Summer League roster was small. Um, You know, and that's the opposite of what the Magic are. The Magic are known for length. They're known for versatility. They're known for being big. Or maybe not big, but tall. And and I want to distinguish between tall and big a little bit. They're known for being tall. And so, you know, I looked at this magic, I look at this magic roster, and and you know, we talked a lot about the deficiency in size that they only had really three players, six, ten or taller, um, in DJ Wilson, Kai Soto, who ended up being hurt for a good chunk of, of summer league. He apparently had a back issue. Um, and 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 Robert Baker. 
Everyone else was six eight was six eight or shorter. Like Jed Howard was the tallest remain. Jed Howard and Caleb Houston were the tallest remaining players on the team. And I have to think some of that was intentional. That the Magic were trying to take a look at what smaller lineups look like and what they could accomplish with smaller lineups or with small lineups. I'm going to put that in air quotes. They wanted to see what Caleb Houston could do at power forward, whether he could hold his own as a four and whether that's something that they could rely on in, in the upcoming season. They wanted to see maybe if they could play at breakneck speeds and, and, and see if they could hold their own and, and perhaps even what the weaknesses of this lineup, this kind of lineup is. Now, look, look, Audis, Tony, Dexter, Dennis, those dudes are big enough that they could play up a position too. So they played some four. Caleb Houston played some four. The Magic switch a lot. So they, you know, the, the Magic switch a lot. So they, they had a lot of things to experiment and digest. And I think the struggles that the Magic had were really instructive, perhaps, for something that maybe this Magic team is thinking about for the big picture. Like I said, the Magic are a tall team, but they're not a big team, if that makes sense, if I can make that distinction. Paolo Bancaro was, I think, second or third on the team in rebounds, or second on the team in rebounds at like 6.8 rebounds per game. Wendell Carter led the team in rebounding at 8.2, I believe, or 8. You know, around 8 or 9 rebounds per game. This team was 8th in the league in defensive rebound rate, so that's 73%. They're not a bad rebounding team, yet they gave up a ton of second chance points. The rebounds they did give up were costly. And I think when you look at this team and you look at what its potential weaknesses could be, one of them could be Wendell Carter is a good, is a decent rebounder, but maybe not a dominant rebounder, and he doesn't have a lot of dominant rebounding around him. I mean, it it, it maybe says something, and maybe DJ Wilson was the wrong proxy for all of this, or maybe he was the right proxy as kind of a Paolo Bancaro proxy, um, at least size wise. Um, it it probably says something that Anthony Black was the team's leader in rebounding. I joked at one point that between Anthony Black and Cole Anthony, Orlando is probably going to have the best rebounding guard duo in the league. Orlando likes to invert a lot of things. They like to invert screens. They like to kind of invert ball handlers. They they do a lot of role inversion or role versatility is what I like to call it. Um, but your guards probably shouldn't be your lead rebounders. Um, I think that's still a truism that 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 holds holds true. And and look, Wendell Carter was dealing with the plantar fascia issue all season last year. He won't admit that it slowed him down, but I think we all sense that it slowed him down and, and, and limited his effectiveness. And, you know, he was, he could gut through it. He could play through it. He was still a better option than anything they had playing hurt. But that's still like, this is still like one of the big questions then is do the Magic have enough interior presence to be successful? And I think one of the things that, I was like, I'm just curious about thinking about in hindsight now about what we saw from Summer League is that was this a test run to see if we try this strategy, can we make up for some of our size deficiencies? 
Now putting all your eggs into that basket and doing that in summer league, you know, again, again, I'd rather learn some of these deficiencies in summer league than go through them and then have a bad roster, go through them and be like, Oh, well now we can't really fix it. Um, But again, to some extent, Franz Wagner's got to be a better rebounder. Paolo Bancaro has got to be a better rebounder. In fact, I would almost argue I'd rather see Paolo Bancaro average a double-double than see a scoring increase up to 25 points per game. I think if he averages a double-double, he's going to get to 25 points per game. But I'd rather see Bancaro improve his rebounding and defense in his second season than improve his scoring. The scoring is going to be there. He's going to be able to up that scoring. He's going to be able to improve that shooting. I want to see him improve his defense and defensive awareness. I want to see him improve his rebounding. And there's all there's every indication that that he can or that 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 he is certainly a player that can that can make strides in those areas. Um, I think that's going to be a, as big of a key as anything else that happens with Magic this year. And that was again something that felt like it was missing on the summer league team that they tried to play. Smaller than they won the regular season. I'll grant you that. But they tried to play this version of small ball and see if they could cover up those deficiencies that they might have or might feel that they might have and, and get a sense of what that looks like. Now, the Magic aren't going to go as small as they did in Summer League. You know, Paolo Bencaro is not Caleb Houston. Franz Wagner is not Caleb Houston. But maybe the Magic after watching what happened with Caleb Houston and some of the lineups that they had there, because they got a lot of guards, they got enough guards that they could funnel in and move Joe Ingles down to the four. Maybe the summer league kind of convinced them that, you know, Joe Ingles at the four isn't the best idea. Or Paolo Bancaro at the five, if he's not a supremely good rebounder, isn't the best idea. Or Jonathan Isaac, who liked DJ Wilson. DJ Wilson was a great shot blocker in summer league. Jonathan Isaac's a great shot blocker. That maybe a Jonathan Isaac Paolo Bancaro pairing, maybe that isn't something that you can test out for long stretches of time because of the rebounding issues that they have. A lot of the teams Magic went went up against had two bigs. Um, Detroit was always a great offensive rebounding team with Jalen Duran in there. They were going to be a, a problem on the glass. Um, the Magic's lack of size really killed them on the boards. And look, DJ Wilson is not a great rebounder. And, and, and you know, I, I love what they said in the broadcast for the Pistons game that, you know, if DJ Wilson wants to get in the league, he's got to master and be excellent at one thing that coaches are going to love. And, and I love that notion of him. And I said, yeah, if he could be a great defender and a great rebounder, he's going to be in the NBA. He has all the skills. And that's not what we saw. We saw him block some shots. We saw him defend decently well, but he was kind of out-muscled for rebounds, and, and he's just not a good enough offensive player to make up for that at his size. That's, you know, that kind of threw a wrench into maybe all of these things, and maybe I'm reading too much into, into Summer League, and, and this was just the roster the Magic had, and, you know, yada, yada, yada. But there's still something to learn, and there's still something to take away. And, look, I'm on record as saying this. I love Wendell Carter. I love a lot of the players on the scene, but I, but I still have big questions about the roster's construction when it comes to competing at the highest levels. And, you know, we may not know exactly what this team's real weaknesses are until they get into that first playoff series. And hopefully it'll be this year and we get a real sense of like, okay, this is what this team is missing. This is what this player has to do. Can this player overcome what costs the team in the playoffs this time around? That's what this season's about. That's what this season's about learning. And so I have to look at Summer League and think, 
maybe the Magic were trying to learn something uh, about a strategy they're they're considering as well. Maybe I'm reading into too much into it, but if that's not what Summer League's for, I don't know what is. That's going to do it for me, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Magic. Of course, find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Subscribe to the podcast and Apple Podcasts. Just your tune in him while you can play Spotify, Odyssey, and all the homies on the podcast to your podcast-enabled listening device. For latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow us on Twitter at omagicdaily. Check out my Patreon page, Orlando Magic Hub, as well for more on the Orlando Magic. we got a free video up there breaking down Paolo Bancaro's game. And don't forget to check out our live episode of Locked on Magic, a live mailbag episode to close out the 2023 season. Um, you can check that out uh, on the Locked on Magic YouTube page. That'll be Wednesday at 5 p.m. We're going to go live um, probably about an hour. It'll take up two days worth of podcast episodes if you're an audio-only listener. Um, but we will have the full thing the full thing in video form up on the uh up on the uh, on the YouTube page uh, locked on the YouTube page locked on magic search for it there and subscribe if you aren't already for my everyday crew tomorrow we're gonna have a special guest on the show we're gonna break down some of the tactics the magic use and what we expect to see Jamal Mosley do with the Orlando Magic next year it's gonna be a fun conversation I'm really looking forward to it that'll be the, at least the first part of that conversation I don't know if it'll be a part two but at least the first part of that conversation will be on tomorrow's episode of Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic.